Hey everyone, welcome back to Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to help you remember how to think instead of tell you what to think, and where we want to create diversity in thought, not division in community. My name is Matt Fisher. I'm the creative director here at Hill City, where we are recording this podcast, and I'm here with our pastor, another member of our team, Mr. John Wagler. Wags, what's going on? Feeling good. Always a thrill to be with you, Matt. It's the... <laughs> Highlight of my life all the time. Yes, if there's one word that's used to describe me, it's thrilling. Thrilling. Just <laughs> high energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, so we wanted to um, talk today about something that happened pretty recently. I think at the point that the, okay, little peek behind the curtain, this isn't a live show. Also, sometimes <laughs> we record a couple of weeks before things come out. So by the time you're hearing this, um, this is a little news bit that um, happened a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a month ago, um, sort of in and around the church. Um, and that is that David Platt, who is a preacher of some renown and all yeah absolutely uh, yeah and what, what's his, his church's um mclean bible yeah mclean bible church um david platt um was giving a sermon one day and uh was told suddenly that president donald trump was gonna come <laughs> <laughs> visit his church that day at that moment and wanted prayer um and so david brought um, president trump onto stage and prayed for him and big surprise people got upset mm-hmm. Um, so we just wanted to kind of like walk through that and just talk a little bit about it. I don't think it's like uh, – I don't think the event is some definitive event in like the history of the church or anything. But it just brings up some interesting questions um, and some sort of interesting thoughts from us. Plus, I mean, let's be honest. We need a little breather <laughs> after <laughs> yeah, that. the four, last four. <laughs> yeah, after that four-part <laughs> abortion episode. So, um, yeah. So, John, uh, you have uh, spent a little bit of time with David, so he's not completely like – I don't know – you know, this guy sure. is some yeah. guy I've heard of um, and know him. But um, what, from your perspective, is, what exactly happened? I feel like you read more about the event. Walk us through it as you understand it. Yeah, so on June 2nd, I believe it was, um, that was a national – Franklin Graham came out and made that a national prayer day for the – or tried to make it a national prayer day for the president and tried to essentially convince churches – all across the nation to spend time praying specifically for President Trump. And so on that day, um, President Trump was playing golf up near McLean Bible, and uh, they had a later service, and so he just got done off the course, and they just jumped in to McLean. So David Platt was up there getting ready to close the service, like take communion, pray everybody out, and... I don't know how they notified him. I think someone came and whispered in his ear or something. <laughs> but we're just it like, like it showed up on his monitor. Yeah, you know, it was like, something happened. <laughs> it was just like, "Hey, President Trump is here," <laughs> you know. And so the premise was that President Trump was stopping by there to get prayed for his National Prayer Day for him, and um, he happened to be driving by McLean Bible, mm-hmm. um, that was the closest one to the golf course. So <laughs> he wasn't there for the service. He wasn't there like. He was, he just showed up there. So that's kind of the the gist of what happened. And then David did bring him up on stage. Um, they're, they're also um, he then was able to talk to him off stage as well. Uh, and uh, David said that he was able to sh- share the gospel with him mm-hmm. and what that meant. 
and uh, was like took that opportunity to share the gospel with someone who doesn't like really actually know the gospel, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, and so that was like a cool moment, obviously. And then they had him up on stage, prayed for him, and then people got upset or or people cheered. It was like kind of one or the other, like which is what we do. Um, and and then there was a lot of discussion that happened after that, like what would you do and and everything else. And so I thought it, that's like a scenario where like probably none of us will ever be in yeah. but like i think it was one of the scenarios that like that we should just talk about because like it's cool to just to be like hey let's have a little dialogue around this and and get some perspective and even though we might not be in it it's like again one of those things where maybe it doesn't have to get blown up like it does like mm-hmm. it did one way or the other you know yeah i was trying to put myself in the i mean it seems pretty clear cut like with the franklin graham like day of prayer thing I'm sure everyone on both sides thought, oh, this was planned. And, man, if I thought that on the Franklin Graham, you know, National Day of Prayer, like, Hill City specifically had the president come in, I I would probably be very (laughs) upset. But knowing that it was, like, this weird last-minute thing and that he was just doing his best to react, I mean, I totally get that. But what – were there – so people at his church were upset. Were people, like – at large was there like think pieces on both sides like what when you when we say that there was a reaction like what was the reaction that you saw online or whatever yeah there were some people pretty aggressive on both sides so there was the aggressive side in some blog posts and articles i think in the new yorker and mm-hmm. some others that were essentially calling david platt out and being like you should never have made this political you should never have brought him up on stage. You've got people in your congregation. They have a super diverse, com- uh, it's a massive church mm-hmm. and super diverse. Um, David does, I think that, I can't remember the exact amount of countries represented, but it's like 50 countries represented in their church. Right. And, um, and there were folks that were definitely upset in the church, but like, so people were kind of taking that side of saying like, Hey, you shouldn't ever do anything like that. You just anger people in your church. And then you had the other side being like, so thankful David that, you know, you did this for our president and um, kind of upholding the office and honoring the office and, and doing that stuff. And so, and people wrote articles around that. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like the primary reactions to it. And then David wrote or said an apology? He wrote an apology. It was not, it was probably more framed as a letter to the church to say, here's what happened. Here's what I was thinking. I was, I was put on the spot you know, and uh, this is how we responded. We talked about it quick. We did pray for him. We did talk to him about the gospel in the back. Um, we didn't talk any further than that. We had no idea he was coming. It was a surprise. Mm-hmm. And we just, I mean, he essentially was like, I'm sorry if it offended anyone. That was clearly not my intention to make this a political statement of any kind. Quite frankly, if anyone's ever read any of David's books, like, one in particular called radical and know anything about what he does for a living, not like outside. I want to say outside being a pastor, but how he, what he does like internationally and stuff like that. He, I mean, he is repeatedly like preached essentially against the American dream mm-hmm. <laughs> and like wealth. And, um, he's pretty aggressive in right. that. Like his church that he used to have in Alabama, like they got to be this massive church and he like stripped it all down and, and then end up writing radical and stuff like that. So he's not he's not that guy. Yeah, once I learned a little bit about him, my initial reaction was like, 
uh, if I was on Trump's staff and I had done my research, I would not have picked that church. <laughs> um, and they were probably, you know, like that yeah. just seemed like because it's also a bat from PR, just looking at it from a PR standpoint, having the pastor that prayed for you issue a letter of explanation or an apology is like yeah. automatically not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it seems like a sort of a foot and mouth scenario for um, Trump's like press team. But um, I think. I don't know. I, I'm still sort of processing. Part of me is definitely just like, well, yeah, like what would anybody do in that scenario? I think one thing is definitely what a weird power move to just like drop in on somebody's <laughs> church. That seems weird. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that the reactions for people and. I, so if I was from another country and I, you know, there's obviously a ton of people from other countries at his church mm-hmm. and you know, we're currently in the middle of a administration that is not particularly um, making it easy for people to come to this country. And I'm sitting in that congregation and like, I have a cousin who, or a brother or a mom or a dad or whatever, who like can't get their papers so that they can come see me. I would like see that as a pretty intense, it's not just like, Oh, this isn't the guy I voted for. Like this guy's a jerk. It's like, kind of like a microaggression against me. Um, and I, I think the apology is good, but I'm still like, I don't know. I think I'm still a little, it's a little more stuck in my crawl than I originally thought, if that makes sense. Knowing that his con- that his congregation is so diverse nationally, so not just racially, but like nationally diverse, I can get like putting myself and empathizing with uh, with those people and putting myself in their chair I could kind of see where some people would be like, it's more than just, you know, whining about like, oh, well, my side wasn't represented or I don't like this president. It's like a little deeper than that of like, yeah, this is offensive to me, to my life. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I think obviously things are a little more divisive now than they've been. And I think it has elicited stronger reactions from people. And so it does make sense that someone could be sitting there being like, ah, this is, this means a little bit more. Right. Um, again, I, I think it's hard. I mean, the president of the United States is the most powerful position in our country, arguably in the world. world. Right. And, and so to think that just happened as a surprise, Mm. pretty wild. (laughs) I mean, it's hard. I, I just, you know, you, we can sit back and, and, you know, we'll talk about like what we would maybe do in a scenario like that. But, like, I don't think I don't think what anyone can do is, like, fault David Platt. Yeah. You know, like, the dude's got a massive heart. He wants to do things the right way. He was not making a political statement. And, and so I think everyone's got to be like, hey, let's chill out for a second and um, give people grace in a scenario like this. And... Um, and understand maybe a little bit b- bigger picture about who someone might be. Now, if it was like uh, another pastor down in Texas who's a part of his council, um, Robert Jeffers or Jeffries or something like that, um, where he has his choir singing Make America Great Again, mm-hmm. and that would be a political statement, and everyone should be against that, right? But um, like bringing Trump in in that kind of scenario, but that's not what you know David was doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, so... 
that sort of leads to the question, um, like, what would we do? I think, you know, initially the question was like, well, John, what would you have done? Because you're the pastor. But like, we're a team and he has a team. Like Mm -hmm. his team made a decision. It's not like him on stage made a a snap decision. So like for you and I as um, members of the staff here who are, you know, just running production and things on Sundays and you as the teaching pastor, like... It makes us wonder, like, what would we do? Um, so I kind of want to walk through that a little bit. What? So we're in the middle. It's like two minutes to think. And all of a sudden I get um, a, you know, walkie-talkie message from Cherno, who's like our security, you know, head. And he's just like, hey, so <laughs> this is <laughs> happening. You need to, like, tell John. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> okay. I don't – I mean, I would definitely – not not tell you well initially my thought would be like yeah sure i'll tell him (laughs) um but you know i would run to the stage and like what's weird in your ear and like what what would your reaction what would you do in that scenario would you have reacted just like david did you know it's so hard to know that right but i think if i i think the first thing i would have done was probably grab you and lacy and um because um Lacey's a great thinker, and um, and then you often share perspectives to me that I might not be naturally go to, and so I would like probably grab the two of you, probably Joe too, and just be like, "Hey, like, what are we gonna do here? Like, let's talk this out real quick. We've got a minute and a half to like throw out a bunch of scenarios." And the thing that I w- I don't know that I would have done something to bring on stage. Mm. Um, I certainly, if nothing else, I certainly would have said no cameras anywhere. Hmm. Um, that would have been a, even even when I, even when I saw that, that was like the first thing that I was like, I, that would have been a deal breaker for me. Like I would have gotten up stage and I would have been like, there's no press cameras. There's no, like none of your people can take, can take pictures. Um, I would say something to our congregation, be like, no one can take a single photo. Like no one can do this, you know? And here's why I, it would be to protect against any kind of manipulation that was happening for a picture. Mm -hmm. And, um, because again, he wasn't there for the service, right? He was popping in after, I mean, he was still in his golf clothes. He He literally had his golf shoes still on, you know? So, um, I'm not saying that he didn't genuinely want prayer. I'm not saying that, but I think you heard, if you watch the video, you hear like, click, 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 oh, yeah. you know, and I'm like, that's not okay. Right. And so, and if, and, and I think if people had a problem with that, I'd be like, we will absolutely pray for you, but we're just going to do it in the back then. Yeah. That probably would have, I think that would have automatically been like, okay, we'll find another church. But I think that's an important, that's a good thought. I, I mean, honestly, I think that you know, again, this is a fantasy scenario, but it would have been impossible to keep it from being photographed. I mean, somebody would, I, somebody would have snuck their phone out and just done the, like, I'm just looking at a text message. But like, I think that's a sadder state of who we are. Right. Right. Yeah. But I think, but that is different than like, here's the shot. Cause I'll tell you, if you look, if you Google like David Platt, president Trump prayer or whatever, there is one picture and it's the picture they were trying to get, you know? So I think it is different having somebody in the congregation, you know, snap some crummy photo versus like having the professional photographers like get a, here's what we were looking for. Here's the narrative we're trying to, you know, like support. 
so I get that. Um, I think that like if I were in that huddle and it's like, Matt, you know, what do you think? My my mind would automatically, even though we don't admittedly have as nationally diverse, though we do have some folks from other countries, like nationally diverse um, congregation, I think my mind would have automatically gone past, I would have sort of like pushed past the veil of like, I just don't like this guy or some people just doesn't like this guy mm-hmm. or don't agree with the things he does and go deeper into like, will, pe- will this make people feel like not just uncomfortable, like in a good way, like challenge, but like, will this make people feel like triggered or violated to have somebody who in their heads, whether you agree or not, like in their perspective is like infringing on or working to infringe on like their rights as a person. Yeah. Um, now maybe that's a little extreme, but that's always my thing. Right. (laughs) Um, I would have thought that. And yeah, I, I think I would have come to the, to the same conclusion of like, we will, yeah, I would say, sure, we'll pray for him, like, in the office or whatever, yeah. but not up on stage. Because the other thing, too, is, like, he, ha- I mean, I don't know the guy, but we we know that, like, he likes attention. Like, he, you know, sure. he, he had his own yeah. TV show before, you know, bef- before he was the president like attention Just follow is a, him on twitter uh, yeah i mean follow yeah. him on twitter like we're not it's not a wildly political statement to say the man likes attention so i think the little more combative part of me would also be like don't give him what he wants yeah like if he really wants prayer we'll give him what he says he wants but we're not going to give him what we think he really wants yeah. which is attention yeah um, i think two things that i think everyone would have to think through in those moments and and actually this even just real life mm-hmm. right like I think if you if you were on the side of like I don't like him or you know whatever the, it is biblical if you're a Christian that you are supposed to be praying for people in authority and we're supposed to be doing that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so there's always a part of me that when people pop off all the time where I'm like are you praying for him on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. Cuz if the answer is no, then like that's a you problem. And it's a you heart problem and you will never actually give anyone grace or see the good in anybody if you're going to continuously like not pray for them. Right. You know what I mean? And so, and because there is a truth that there is good in things that he might do. We might not see it, but Mm -hmm. you can't convince me that he's all bad all the time. Like there has to be good there and there, and, and there are good things that he's done as president. Right. But because we don't actively pray for people like we should, that actually l- limits our ability to show people grace and actually see the good in them. Right. And so, and and I would say on the other side mm-hmm. would be the, those that were cheering. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say in a scenario like that, like, so thankful that we were able to pray for the president. Would you feel the same way if it was President Obama? Right. You know, would you have been like so stoked that President Obama was on the stage and or Bill Clinton, or, you know, and so I think, and if you, if your answer is, well, no, he's not, right. He's a Muslim. I'm like, yeah. He's first of all, he's not a Muslim. He's a Christian, but like, but like he's, then I'm like, then you don't have the right heart about it, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, and you've got idolatry in your heart towards the president. Right. You know? And so it's the whole empire, empire versus the kingdom of God thing. Um, I think too, we've got to be careful as Christians about this whole politics thing. And, uh, you know, what Franklin Graham was doing in theory sounds great about having like a national day of prayer for, um, 
for the president. I don't have a problem with that. If that was instituted, you know, like that way, I don't have a problem for that. Um, but don't do it on a Sunday and don't ask churches to have that as a part of their like Sunday service. That's manipulation and that's politicizing something. And, and I don't think that that's the right way to approach a gathering of Christians, you know, in that way. Right. Yeah. And like the things that, um, Mr. Graham has sort of said and the persona that he's built for himself automatically makes that suspect automatically makes the motivation the heart yes. motivation suspect you know so it's like you can't yeah you can say like well we're, it says in the bible we're supposed to do this it's like yeah but it's not that you said we should do this it's all the stuff you said before that you know yeah um if uh you know if, if i'm trying to think of if like cornell west was like we should pray for the president on sunday we would all be like whoa that's a yeah, christ-like thing for you to say a different pr- yeah, yeah i yeah. totally agree and i and i would say that like some like cornell west doing it or that likeling too. Um, I think it's also, again, we've got to revisit the Bible and our perspectives as Christians, you know, around some of this stuff. And, and even in James two, it's like, it talks about how, uh, that we're not allowed to play favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not allowed to play favorites to the wealthy, mm-hmm. to the powerful, the people in the th- like, that's not a thing. And so we fall victim to that stuff all the time. Mm hmm. And which is, again, it is anti-Christ behavior and anti-biblical behavior to play favorites because someone's wealthy or powerful and stuff. So, I mean, someone could easily make the argument. And I think ultimately I would have to say, like, you know what? You're right. But if someone said to me, hey, Wags, why wouldn't you just tell them to go off to the side of the stage and get prayed for like we do with everybody else? Mm -hmm. And I would say, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. You know, I mean, and so... You know, I think I would have a little bit of like a, a a comeback in terms of like, well, you know, like sometimes there are specific times you pray for people like with like missionaries, like mm-hmm. you bring them up front and like in someone's role, you know, you kind of want to galvanize with everyone together. So that would be something different. But um, but anyway, I think the whole favorites piece and how we think about some of this stuff is also important. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to this imagined scenario. So we have a minute and a half for the four of us to make this decision. Do you think you'd be afraid like, yes. I, yeah, I feel like my first thought, I would spend most of that minute and a half being like, can I tell him now? Like, am I allowed to say no to like his press person or whatever? Like, I don't even know what are the, what are the details of like, what happens if we're just like, nah, <laughs> like, right. Or, like, or what if we say or, no cameras? Yeah, you know, no like, cameras yeah. or yes, but in the office or yes, but to the side of the stage. That That's something which I, to me is worth mentioning. Because again, I'm, the purpose is not to demonize anybody but it's like such a power move to drop in on somebody like that absolutely i mean it's hard to ignore that part i i think the other piece though i think i could get to this this part would be yeah but how cool is it that we have this opportunity Mm -hmm. like how cool is that we have an opportunity to pray over someone and that does make such massive decisions for our country Mm -hmm. you know how cool is it to have to maybe share the gospel with someone who does not live that out, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe doesn't even know what it actually is, you know, like that's a pretty cool right. thing too, that I think like, if we don't want to pray for someone who doesn't know the gospel, we don't want to like have opportunities to do that. Then we're like, we're really missing out. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. a large part of what we say we believe. Yeah. And it's like after listening to the prayer again, I can get, um, so if we look at the people on the sort of, le- we'll call it the left, um, who would be upset at at 
David Platt. Um, we, and we split them into two categories, people who were upset because they were like personally like triggered, like, oh, I have somebody trying, I have a friend or a, a relative trying to get into the country and they can't because of this guy. And that makes me feel deep emotions versus someone who's like, I don't like this dude. Um, which is where I would be like, I don't have me as like the place of privilege that I'm at as a straight white Christian man, you know, like he, the things he does upsets me, but it's like on the on behalf of someone else. Like he's not personally doing anything to me right now. Well, healthcare maybe is the thing, but, um, so to those people after hearing, like I finally listened to the actual prayer and read a little bit of the, the letter afterwards. I, I don't know how you could be upset. It almost seemed, I would be more upset if I were a conservative pro Trump person to, for them, for David to be like, yeah, I shared the gospel with him because he didn't know it. Because like the narrative is like, oh yeah, he's like, God put him in, you know, whatever, sure, whatever yeah, yeah. the sort of more national, nationalistic narrative. Um, I would have been more upset on that side. Like, hey, dude, you're basically like low key ribbing a little bit. Um, not intentionally. I don't think David like had any yeah. bad intentions, yeah. but like by sort of going against that Franklin Graham, you know, Jerry Falwell Jr. narrative of like. He is, you know, God's choice by saying like, well, I had to share the gospel with him because of that. I'm kind of like, dude, that's heavy. That's like yeah. a sort of low key, super heavy thing to say. Yeah. Um, so I, I just I, I can't after listening to it, I was like, yeah, I would I would not have as a as a more left leaning person. I would have been like, all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. OK, sure. No, um, I get that. Yeah. But, you know, that, and then that brings a good um, brings up a good point that we wanted to sort of. Um, wrap up on, which is we all have opinions when somebody else makes a decision, especially a church leader. But, you know, don't like armchair. Everybody's got the internet. You got your blog. You got your social media. And it's so easy to like armchair quarterback on both sides. Yes. Um, leaders and church leaders in general. And it's like, just be careful about that. A, because the Bible tells us, you know, not to play favorites and, and not to cast the first stone. Um, but also because it's like, you know, you don't have the full story. Like, again, we don't know. Most likely we would have spent that minute and a half just trying to figure out if we were allowed to say no, you know, or, or like, even if we were going to say no, we'd be like, what is our life right now? (laughs) Like what is happening? That's mostly what would happen. Um, but that's, that's like a good point. Most of your, we joke, but sometimes when something weird happens, you see a celebrity or something, I don't know, whatever, something weird happens. You spend a minute, two minutes just being like, what is happening right now? (laughs) Like what is life without to be able to, to have to do that and then make a hard decision as a church leader. Ah oh, man, I don't. I have all the the empathy in the world for for those guys. Yeah, and I think it's important to you know, I I view this as like like cultural moments like this. I always view them as what can we learn from them rather than what stance am I taking? You know, and so this is an ex- another example for us. If you are a Christian, a are you praying for people in authority in our country on a regular basis? If not, that's got to be fixed. Mm-hmm. B, um, are you showing grace and kindness and empathy to people in positions that you'll never be in, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and then C, like, who are the people that I actually show favoritism towards? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you know, and I think it's important to, to do that because we all do. And, and so again, 
these are moments to have say like, okay, God, how can you speak to me in these cultural moments? Rather than being like angry or applauding, I think we should be like, hey, man, am I showing favoritism there? Would would I be like as excited that President Obama walked in and was on our stage? Like I, if I wouldn't be as excited, then guess what? I'm playing favorites. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and so I think, those moments to learn and grow is what we have to take advantage of because we so much is like played out in a public eye now. And too often we look at these moments as ways to like prop up a side or an opinion rather than being like, actually, how can I engage my own spirituality on this and saying like, huh, what's going on inside of me with this? And does this line up with like more Christ-like thought? Thoughts and behavior. Yeah, and I think it also shows um, a more practical side of prayer. When we talk about praying for our leaders, praying for our enemies, praying for whoever, you know, most things in the Bible I've found have uh, two layers, like a spiritual layer, like, oh, I'm going to pray and then God's going to do a miracle. And then a practical layer, what does praying do for, like, how does it affect my psychology, my neurology, my physiology? And Really what it is is just humanizing somebody because you can disagree with somebody. You can not like somebody, but if you pray for them, you're humanizing them, you know? Yeah, the greatest thing you can do with someone you dislike or having a hard time with is pray for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it it keeps you – the place where we're all getting – and throughout history, especially in polarized times, people do this, but – the place where we're all sliding to that we need to stop that slide is dehumanization of another person. So you can say, um, like, I'm going to say Brene Brown again, I'm sorry. But she talks about, like, you can say, um, man, Trump just is ruining this country. But don't say he's a pig. You know, like, you can say he's so disrespectful to women, I really don't like that. But if you say he's a pig, you're making him not a person. You know, yeah, and are or, you are you praying for him and saying like God, I just pray that there'll be a deep sense of conviction in his heart. May you right. reveal something to him right. that would actually bring him more towards a a right perspective with language and views. And you know, like and and is that like your heart praying for the president, or are you saying like God, would you please smite him? Right. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so like it's a you know vindictive nature. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just had the thought while we were talking about this of like. um if our dog got sick, guess what me, the two kids, and my wife would do? We would pray. You know, if she was really sick, like on her, you know, we would pray that she would get better. That's a dog. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, yeah, but yeah. I won't pray, you know, but wouldn't pray for the president. Like, yeah. That's something that we should all be convicted on because that's really the practical psychological or psych- like result of prayer is the humanization. Prayer for enemies or prayer for leaders is like the humanization of somebody who – even if, like, you don't see that leader, even if you're in favor of that leader, if you pray for them, you're bringing them down off their pedestal and humanizing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's fighting against the desire to make somebody not a human because they're lower than you or or fighting against the desire to make somebody not a human because you are putting them in God's place or right. in Jesus's place. Yeah. Um, I think prayer is this perfect, like, equalizer of, like, we're all here. We're all people you're a person that I agree with or don't disagree or, or don't agree with. Um, or you're a person I'm angry at or that has done something to me, but you're a person, you're a person that did those things. Um, yeah. because real evil doesn't happen in this world until we start referring to people as in every genocide and every Holocaust, it's always 
you you start to hear that they're rats, they're rodents, they're pigs, they're whatever. Yeah. And that's when real evil starts to happen. Yeah, we we as people give the power to evil. Mm-hmm. And and one of the greatest protectors against that is to genuinely pray for people. And it seems so simple, yet we don't really do it. You know, and even on a microcosm when you look at let's just put it down even like on a smaller level into if you attend a church, do you actively and regularly pray for the leadership team of a church, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and so what does that do? Well, that allows you to have more grace. It allows you to want what's best. It allows you to have a proper perspective. Listen, I understand that it, say our context, I'm going to say things that people aren't going to agree with or might, might offend them in some different way. But what I've always found is that the people that genuinely pray for me, and um, they're always they're always first to ask questions. Hmm. The people that don't are the first to leave. Hmm. And so uh, it's the same way, I think, then if you blow that up on a bigger scale nationally, mm-hmm. it's like, are we the first people to leave and get angry and um, uh, cause further division and release evil into this world through that? Are we the people actively praying for the good of somebody else? And in the midst of what we might disagree with them, are we then trying to bring harmony and show grace? Mm. It's a big difference. It really is. It really is. All right. So don't armchair quarterback pray for our leaders and for people in general. And President Trump, if you're listening, give us some heads up. If you decide you <laughs> give want us to at least five in. minutes, like, right? give us, yeah, give us a day's notice. That would be great. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thanks everybody for joining us uh, on this episode of Stay Curious. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions, you can email them to staycurious at hillcityrva.com. Um, rate and review us if you get a second so that other people can get in on the conversation. And uh, we will see you all next time.